Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. If there is something worldly we might say about Jesus, it may be that at times he has a very steely character about him. His resolve to say what he wishes is never impeded, and that can make for some awkward hearings of God's word. Which brings us to our gospel account today. Would you ever, ever, before a great crowd, rebuke your father or mother? And I wonder if I could reject my wife and children. What about your brothers and sisters? What about your own life? Jesus says, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoa. Whoa. There's a second whoa. What does Jesus mean when he says this? What does Jesus mean to say when he calls us to hate those he has also called us to honor, love, and treat neighborly. It would seem as if there is a contradiction here, isn't there? It would seem that there would be a contradiction of everything we've ever been taught. Maybe even a contradiction of everything Jesus has taught us. But it's actually no contradiction. And actually that steely character of Jesus is more heavenly-minded than we may first think when those words of Jesus are so sharp to our ears and heart. So here's a thought experiment, thinking of the gospel text in mind. If your father and mother told you to abandon your faith in Christ, can you truly honor them if you listen to them, or do you actually honor them by trusting in Christ? If one's spouse and children are permitted to avoid worship, do you show your husband or wife and children love by allowing that neglect? Or do you actually love them when you call them to worship Jesus with you? If your brothers and sisters, maybe in your family, or brothers and sisters in the Christian church, live as unashamed sinners, is it the neighborly thing to do and to say nothing? Or is it to encourage them to repent and follow Jesus. You see, Jesus loves sinners enough to tell them what he hates about them. And we typically agree with this. Think of your best friend, your true best friend, the one that gives you that straightforward advice but never leaves your side. The good news is that Jesus is more than a friend. He's also your savior. He wants you to hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even your own life as it is consumed with unfaithfulness. We have a friend in Jesus because he desires for us what is actually honorable, truly loving, and absolutely neighborly. 
He wants us to follow him in repentance because that's what disciples do. There is no doubt that following Jesus is against the grain. When you're known to be that Christian guy or lady, to be that Jesus believer, invited into your life will be all kinds of temptations. And they can come from our parents. They can come from our family. They can come from our siblings. And oh, do they come from ourselves and from our own hearts. And these are the most people, these are the most difficult people to wrestle with. Why? Because we love them so dearly. They're the most difficult people to wrestle with because they're the ones who are closest to you, right? Put another way, our greatest temptations are from within than from the world. And we already know that the world has plenty of temptations to draw us in. Plenty of things that catch our eye, that call us away from Christ. Plenty of things for, we, for which we can be caught in their snare, but it hurts all the more when the temptations come from those who love us most. And when we realize that we have ourselves turned away from God's word. It's more painful to turn away from a loved ones whose actions or demands are to be hated. To have a righteous anger or a jealousy towards God's way and away from those who are dear to us. Now, let me tell you, my prayer for you is that you would not have that kind of burden. My prayer is that you would not be burdened by those who are dear to you. In fact, I'm actually overjoyed when I see your faces here. Because I bet many, most, or maybe even all of your parents instill into you a faith to come and gather in God's church to hear his word. So my prayer is that you either have this support of your family and the Christians around you, or that you are content to live that Christ-like life as a confession to your loved ones of how much Jesus loves you and how much Jesus actually loves them too. But that prayer has to be coupled with that straightforward word of Jesus. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That sharp, painfully true law of God states that we are not God's disciples if we love what the cross of Christ came to crucify. Hear that again. The sharp, the painfully true law of God states that we are not God's disciples if we love what the cross of Christ came to crucify. Christ came to crucify our sins. Jesus calls us to turn away from those things that are evil and wicked. And sometimes, myself included, we are soft about this. And we say things like, have you said this? Hate the sin, but love the sinner. I'm glad that a faithful pastor came alongside me and helped me think about this when I was learning uh, Lutheran theology in, in high school and, and learning about God's word. You see, we cannot escape or separate sin from sinners 
or problems from people. Those things are not over there. They exist right here in our own hearts. We cannot be dismissive about our own problems. They're our own. We have to be honest about not only others, but especially our own fallen and corrupt sinful nature. And so it is that we have to agree with Jesus to hate sinners. And as sinners ourselves, we are to hate our sin and our unbelief. And let me tell you, that is just as difficult to process as Jesus' tough words at the beginning of his gospel text. But that's the kind of straightforward pastoral care that I want you to hear. And I want you to know that I'm right there with you as a sinner myself. That we need to hear God's word and stick together because it's not the only thing that we need to hear and to know. That's why life without Jesus is truly sad. It's a life without hope. Jesus gives us hope with a promise. Jesus, although he was without sin, he became sin for us. He became what he was not, a hateable sinner. And by his death, sinners like you and me are reconciled to God. And this is the good news of Jesus. This is what is called the blessed exchange, a simple but profound event that occurred with Jesus' death. What was our unrighteousness, our guilt, our cursedness, Jesus took as his own, as his own sin, and exchange mercifully dealt us his righteousness, his innocence, his blessedness. What wondrous love is that? That we who were properly dead in sin and trespass against the Almighty God have found in Jesus a friend willing to overcome our hatred and be our Savior. We can do nothing to become lovable before God. And no, he already loves you. Even as we are sinners, God loves us. He sent Jesus for us. He loves us despite our sinfulness and sent Jesus to provide our escape into heaven. His love, his grace is a free gift to you. It's a wild truth that on one hand, we must hate our lives, hate how we are consumed by sin, hate how we give in to that which is not God-pleasing. And on the other hand, by Jesus' sacrificial love, hate is destroyed, salvation is yours, and the difficult words of Jesus are no longer awkward sayings, but the eternal words of the friend who never leaves you nor forsakes you, the friend whose word for you is forgiveness and love. Amen.